thanks to Tatiana, we're all gathered here to get today. We have study on this ancient work. So sutra is a, it's a genre of literature. Um, anybody in, uh, in ancient Vedic India wanted to present a treaty on some type of spiritual thought or practice, then generally to be accepted, they would present something in a sutra form. Sutra just means very short, concise, like um, the ancient grammarian Panini, he said that he would rather uh, not have a son than uh, be able to cut off a syllable off of one of his stanzas. And you know, this is like a culture where having like a child, having a son is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. And he said, but the more, so much more, just, so it's like, you can see, it's very, very, very compact. It's not necessarily meant to be understood um, as, I believe, yes, Edwin Bryant, he explains in the commentary in his book, that the sutra is meant to be understood through the light of commentaries. It's like, kind of like an index for you to hold on to, and then there's the, everything else is out there to to you know open it up and look deeper. Because if you're just to look at the language alone, without any help, it would be very confusing. And so, like Edwin Bryant, he says he refers to Vyas, who is the ancient author of Vedic literatures. He wrote something on the Yoga Sutras. A commentary and a basha and an expansion. Vyasa and there's some others um, that are mentioned uh, that expand upon it because you can't just take it. You can't just figure it out just with the you know five word line and pull out all this massive meaning. But it's meant to be kind of like an index where you can expand upon. So yamas nice topic. It's uh, where we start. Before we get on the mat, <laughs> even. Before you... So what are the eight... Okay, we almost got eight. So what are the eight... What's the eight in the Eightfold Path of Yoga? Ashtanga. You didn't know you were going to be tested here, did you? <laughs> yeah. Yama. Niyama. Asana. Asana. Pranayama, Pratyahara, Dharana, Dhyana, and Samadhi. And here she's they're just saying a bunch of funny words. <laughs> so yeah. So this is the eightfold path of yoga. Um, so the uh, eight limbs. Eight, it's uh, they're like s- uh, stages as well. It's, uh, so yama, uh, uh, as we will discuss, are uh, the the don'ts, and the niyamas are the do's, or in general, you could say that. There's other ways you can say it. Uh, then, after you're properly situated in in uh, understanding, then comes asana. The yogi would perform the asanas, but you see, yoga sutra is very little about asana. Yeah. Yes, only few sutras. Because it's mostly about your mind, what, what what's happening in the in the consciousness. Uh, like they weren't like uh, trying to have like uh, 
you know, fight heart disease or you know, keep themselves wrinkle-free or live, you know, it was all about the yoga's effect on the mind. And so the yogis would develop complete mastery of the body and mind. And therefore, if you go to the Himalayas, even today, you can go up there with like, uh, is it, what is it, Columbia Sportswear? You have like a big, thick, nice jacket, and you got your ski goggles and everything, and then you see some guy walking barefoot in the snow, and he's just got like a little thong kind of thing, walking around in the snow, and then he just, he goes to the ice river, and he just sits in the ice river and just meditates for a, a few days or so. And then he decides to come down from the Himalayas and go to the Rajasthani desert, build fires all around him, and sit in, in the middle of meditation. So they became very powerful in, in controlling their body and mind. Uh, so there's pranayama, breath practice. I was for the mind. Pratyahar, withdrawal of the senses. Dharana, concentration, dhyana, meditation, samadhi, the full absorption of their meditation. And so, before any of us go to the Himalayas wearing a thong in the snow, we've got to start with the yamas. So, uh, let's hear the verse again. You guys were practicing? The verse? Is it all in the memory? Or is it, did you guys do it a bunch of times? Or was just a... They all know, everybody who's here except for Carol knows the verse. Yeah, we done We've yeah. done it, but we haven't done it in a while. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This, okay, well, I can... Where is it? I have it. Twenty-nine, isn't it? Yeah, twenty-nine. Yama sana. You can repeat after. Pranayama pratyahara. Pranayama pratyahara. Dharana jana samadayo. Dharana jana samadayo. Stava stava gani. Stavangani. So, who knows what is the first uh, one mention in the Yamas? What, what was that paragraph? Oh, sorry. That's uh, that actually just said what we just went through—the eight, oh, the eight okay. steps. The, so yam. the beginning of this Yama thing. Yeah, that was just a list of all eight. And let's see what it... Eight names of your yama? Yeah. What does it say for the... in addition to that in the translation? Okay, 29. And yeah, it's just a list. A list of the eight. Stav is... Ashto. Ashto. It's yeah, just the eight so it's just a, it was just listing the eight that we just talked you about. You said Yama is one of those eight. It's the first one. Okay. First one. That's what we're, okay. So the first of the Yamas, because there are five of them, is Ahimsa. So Himsa means violence. Um, you have, uh, how, what language is English, what is one of the oldest languages that English is related to? Latin. Older than that. Sanskrit, Sanskrit. So in 1796, uh, there was this great discovery that 
pretty much all of the European languages, except for like Hungarian and a, a few others, have very, very, very strong ties to Sanskrit. Um, so you have words like in English for theist and atheist. You put the A and it just becomes the opposite meaning. So same thing in Sanskrit. You have jnana, knowledge, and ajnana, ignorance. Or you have himsa, violence, and ahimsa, nonviolence. You have uh, nashtik, means a person who has faith, and anashtik, one who has no faith. Things like that you'll find. So, okay, so text number 50, 35. Do you guys want to have books? Do you want them to sure, have books? If you want, yeah, that'd be better. It says, Ahimsa pratishtayam tat sanido varatyagaha. It's 235? 235, yes. 235. So stan, what does it stan sound like in, in English? Stan sounds like you are how you stand. stand. Yeah. So standing in, becoming established in nonviolence, there's virtues that come. Um, in this section, it's describing that uh, not only should you practice these things, but they're virtues. There's good things that come your way if you practice these things. So, ahimsa pratishtayam tatsanido vairam tyagaha. So, if you become uh, free from envy, free from uh, violence towards others, mm -hmm. then the natural result is that people, it's like a, it's radiance, that, that people don't feel violent towards you. Uh, I saw a and little face. Even animals. Yeah, like there's a, uh, there's a video online where uh, a wild elephant establishing his territory runs up to this uh, man who's he's, he's, uh, kind of like a, uh, someone who takes people out on safari. He's very familiar with the animals and stuff. So there's a wild elephant and he just ke keeps a really calm presence and, and just looks at the elephant like, I, I, I don't have, so the elephant's charging, charging, and then he kind of stops right there. And then he charges a second time and he stops. And then this kind of leaves them alone. But elephants are generally not known to be, you know, apprehensive. If they're upset or they're aggressive, they'll just get you. They'll just throw you around and you know, toss you and take trucks and knock them over and things like that. Yeah. There's, um, I was in Hawaii when I, I grew up in Hawaii. So there was a there was Tyke the elephant. He was a circus elephant. Was who was abused, and he escaped and he started just. He threw the guy or threw this person, that person was running down the street. Um, but he, because this uh, safari man, he was so calm and peaceful that even the animal, as you mentioned, becomes calm and peaceful. And another example was, uh, since we're talking about a video, so there's another video I just saw yesterday where this lady, she was very, very big, 
overweight lady and um, she posted a picture of her, herself and all of these people started giving her hate comments like you're, you're, you, you look like you spent a year eating Twinkies or all kinds of and so she would uh, go and look at the people and, and just say I really like your hair you look very very beautiful and 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 oh you you and I like this person right here oh you uh, you're I see you work out and you look very healthy it's motivating for me and everybody every single person that she did that to they uh, were kind of uh, apologetic and they they thanked her and and it, so her non-aggressiveness just transformed the other person's uh, mentality so. Ahimsa pritishtayam. So standing or established in ahimsa, the, this enmity, every others become free from envy in that presence. The, in Sanskrit, the one description of a saint is that he who has no enemy. And so the saints, sometimes saints do have enemies, like Jesus Christ was put onto a cross. He was obviously a saint, but he doesn't, he doesn't see anyone as an enemy. And for most cases, others uh, realize that this person has nothing to, you know, most people we interact with in the world, usually there's some give and take, like, uh, you know, this person maybe, want, maybe perhaps wants something from me, is seeking to get something out of me. Um, but then the unique experience that a person can have with a very saintly person is you feel like, well, this person doesn't really seem to want something from me. They don't need my money or my following or anything. They're just, they're just kind of more of a giving personality, not taking. And so you can find that here. Ahimsa pratishtayam sanidho varyam tyagaha. Now, Okay, let's go to the next one and then we'll reflect on all of these. Text number 36. Satyam pratishtayam kriya phala shrayatvam. So satyam means truth. So most of them, are, uh, you find, are in the negative, like ahimsa, asteya, aprati, aparigraha. Satyam is, is, is not written in the negative, but it means not basically always speaking the truth, always. And so can we say asatya, and it would be non-truth? Yeah, yeah. Asat. Uh, uh, actually, the material world is described as asat. Asat. Because... Not that it's untrue, but it's always temporary, and it's therefore it's not, it's not something real, permanent. It's ephemeral. Um, but satyam means just being honest, being truthful. Now, it's not. Um, it's this is not meant to be like extremely idealistic. Like someone comes to your um, somebody comes to your home and they say, "I'm really scared. There's this mafia people chasing me, and you know, can you hide me?" Or you know, or, or 
maybe it's you know, World War II and there's Jewish people, they say, can you hide me? The Nazis are coming. And, and then they come and you say, oh, I've got to be truthful. Oh, yes, uh, the guy that you're looking for is downstairs in the, you know, in the basement. No, not, it's, it's, un, it's not, uh, it's intelligent. It's meant in, in pretty much all general cases, but in emergency cases. And for example, if you were to go to your neighbor's house uh, um, and break into their garage and steal their axe and then go to the other neighbor's house and then axe down their door and then, and then grab their kids and take them out. Uh, in most cases, that's wrong, isn't it? Yeah. But what if their house is on fire? Hmm. You know, their house is on fire and you go to the neighbor's house and you steal an axe and you, know, you, and you, uh, you know, destroy this other person's property. Break it. So it's not, it's not like a, a kind of juvenile... Um, uh, idealistic. It's it's done with. It's meant with intelligence. So. And doesn't it? Isn't it meant to thread in ahimsa? Yeah, yeah. Actually, so ahimsa is like the is, the most one of the kindness. Towards yeah. What you speak. That's what uh, Mahabharata says. That basically, that's like the underlying principle behind all of it yeah. is ahimsa, not to harm others. So if your so-called satyam. Uh, actually, it's a real story. There were two sisters, uh, nuns in Germany, who, one by her religious conviction, told the, uh, the Nazi military men, yes, they're hiding. And then all those people were killed. And the other one, by her religious conviction, said, no, I don't have anybody here. Um, but the higher principle, as you said, is ahimsa. Uh, that uh, in the Mahabharata is described. That's like, out of all of these, that's the highest principle. And ahimsa is nonviolence, right? Not hurting others, not nonviolence. Yeah. So you can lie, you know, to save others. Right. So you're not telling the truth, but to avoid violence. But, but our general courses, we, we try to, um, because of, like it says here, vaira from enmity. For or trying to possess things, we may lie, and our our general I, uh, course of action is to uh, lie to for our own benefit. So that's here, shut down, saying no, 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 not if it's really, really beneficial. But from pretty much in all other cases, be honest, and and good things become so. Satya pratishtayam. So we already said pratishtayam means established in satya in truth. Kriya phala shayatvam. So kriya means action. Phala means fruit. And ashrayatvam. Ashraya. Everyone, ashram. Have you heard the word ashram? So then, then your actions, the fruits of your actions have a real steady, uh, they're, they're established on something solid. That you're, you're, you're working on a solid basis. If you are always honest. And we'll, we'll go over and reflect on all these, but we'll just kind of go over these verses. 37. Asteya Pratishtayam Sava Ratno Pashtanam When one is a stat, so Asteya means not stealing, non, non-stealing. Established in not stealing. So like we said, 
these are the, the don'ts. The yamas are the, the, by which one is regulated. Like, does anybody know the demigod of death in the Hindu or Vedic literature? What's his name? Yama. 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 Yamaraj. And it's described in uh, the Vedic literature. If a person is, if, if a person's not following these things, they're uncontrolled, then they ultimately become trolled by Yama, the god, demigod of death. So, like for example, say somebody is a murderer, according to the Vedic idea, that person has to be, after death, be judged by the god of death, who is a judge, and he t keeps an account of all your pious and sinful activities, and then sends you to receive the results. And so if it, you know, a person's very bad, then they get all these horrible results that come in their next situation. So Yama is related that, the, the person Yama, those names are related because it's regulation. He's the supreme regulator for those who don't follow the, uh, as uh, Patanjali says, these are nitya, these are eternal principles that should be followed. Sarva ratno pashtanam. So ratna is jewels. So you'll find that the, the reward is related to, so a person wants wealth or, or opulence or jewels, but when one does not steal, all jewels manifest. Now what doesn't necessarily mean like physical jewels, but the good things in life Not come. physical jewels will come. And it can mean also in a sense that <laughs> if, you, if you live a pious life, then good things come your way. So you know, my physical, I'm, physical wealth may come your way, but just even the, the more uh, uh, qualities related to character and, and life itself, happiness, they'll come your way. That Maybe not even physical, but just like you'll be ha have a happier lifestyle by following these virtues, virtues. And then, Brahmacharya Pratishtayam Viralabha Labha. Upon establishment of celibacy, power or virya is obtained. So Brahmacharya, Brahma means uh, divinity. And charya, charya is when in the Vedic culture there are four stages of life. There is student life, which in the civilized Vedic culture was in student life there was no adulterous relationship. People were celibate, and then they would get married. That was the second stage: Mar married life, then retired life, then and possible renounced life. Brahmacharya. Uh, celibate student life, married life, at the age of 50 or when the kids are employed, retired life, vanaprastha, and then sannyas. And sometimes, however, you would have monks that would stay brahmachari their whole life, celibate students. Now, if you study the Ashtanga Yoga path, you'll find that it's not necessarily, it's what is called Nivritti uh, Marg Nivritti Marg Marg is road or path 
and you study the words vritti, isn't it? Yes. So how would you s- translate vritti? Fluctuations of the mind. Fluctuations of the mind. And so nivritti means you're just basically going against that, without that. Nivritti marg. So it is a path of renunciation. Where, uh, and then there's what is called pravritti marg, the path of engagement. Engagement in vrittis? In vrittis. When you engage in fully in vrittis and leave this kind of whatever, up and down. Well, there, there is a, a kind of, it's kind of like the slow materialistic path. Mm-hmm. And then there's Nivriti Marg. And then there's, uh, there's other forms of Nivriti Marg as well. Uh, well, I'll get back to it and relate them okay. all together. And then, Aparigraha Staire Janma Katanta Sambodha. So, Aparigraha. Graha is like you get the word grab. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you're holding on. Covet, you know, you think, this same, is mine. Same root. Yeah. Gra. Gra, yeah, gra. So, like, grihasta, the word for a, ho- a married person living in a house is someone, ho- gra. It's like, this is mine. It's got my thing. I got my thing. It's mine. So, aprigraha. Giving up the sense of it's different from stealing. Stealing is like you're uh, taking from somebody, but aprigraha means that you're not you're not seeing anything as yours, and and we'll cover that. Staire, steadfastness, constant constancy, janma kantanta sambodha. So one becomes fixed. One becomes is able to reflect on their situation. Why were they born? Katanta. Why, why are we in this world? So all these uh, results are related to the action. So why, why is the sense of uh, this is mine related to birth? It's not an easy question, but I'll ask you. I mean, like coveting. Why is coveting? Why is it related to our birth? Because this, this kind of this verse actually, we can go back and reflect on all of them. It's very interesting. Because through connecting to material world, become yeah. your own children and not other. You know the birth. So the 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 yoga sutras are established on the premise that we are not these physical bodies. We, an original state, are spiritual beings. Uh, but we have come to this world. We have come from an eternal world full of joy to try to have something for our own. We, you know, this is, this is mine. Like, just imagine your hand could think for itself, and your hand's like, why do you kind of feed the stomach? He's not a very smart hand, but he, he thinks, why do I have to feed the stomach? He's not doing anything. Let me just take it for myself. You know, mashed potatoes and gravy, just rub it in. And do that, the hands go on strike for a week. And they try to take, enjoy the food 
without you, without the stomach, or without, separate from the whole. How will those hands feel after a week? Emaciated, no food in the no, cell. No, 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 yeah, no energy. Yeah, not good. And so we learn to not attach to things. So we are questioning our life, you know, what do we attach to? As I come back, I look in this lifetime, I don't want to attach to suffering anymore. And look at the ways that I have chosen that. So there's, so the hands will feel lethargy because the hands are part of something greater, the body. So certainly the soul is part of something greater, but now the soul is in a state of avidya. Everybody heard that word avidya before? Mm -hmm. So vidya means knowledge, mm -hmm. and avidya means ignorance. Mm -hmm. So we are the eternal soul who is meant to be possessed by God is trying to possess everything for himself. And so one of the steps to turn back in the other direction is to give up the sense of possessiveness. Because as it's stated in the Ishopanishad, that Ivasham Jagat Sarvam Yatkinchit Jagatam Nothing in this world is ours. It's all owned by the Supreme. And if we take more than we need, than what's meant for us, like, then uh, we are thieves. So aprigraha. So he's, and why is that related to birth? Because that's what brought us here into this world, the desire to possess and enjoy, separate from the supreme, like the hand who thought, why not? Why, do, why should I feed uh, the stomach when I can enjoy it on my own? So you mean that um, manifested desire brought us here? Had we not had that desire, we wouldn't have manifested in the world? Yeah, we would be Else, back in Elsewhere. Our, elsewhere. And like it says, uh, Purusha, I, I'm more familiar with Bhagavad Gita, but I know some of the verses, but it says, uh, Purusha Swarupe. Mm -hmm. That you'll be established in your, like in your own form. Yeah, like you say, Yeah, like uh, like I say, Sukasa. They say Swa. means your root, your original form. So not that it's uh, you at the end, you don't have a form because you actually started with the form. There's a there's an original, your own original spiritual body. But now the individual who's in this world is covered with a physical body and is has this avidya, misidentification as the body, as the self. And therefore, although it's seeking enjoyment, and it's not that enjoyment is the problem, it's seeking enjoyment in all, it's looking for love in all the wrong places. It means it's eternal and it's chasing after the temporary. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. So is it then one of the goals of, of life to become less attached and if you become less attached, then you won't be reborn? Am I understanding this correctly? Uh, that's, that's one of the state steps, but uh, depending on the path of yoga that you're following. Like, for example, the path of bhakti is that you don't become less attached, you become more attached to the supreme, and the byproduct of that is you get less attached to the temporary. Mm -hmm. like, uh, like this drum. Here we go. Good example. I already explained how easy it is to break this drum. 
Say you have a basketball in your hand, and you know, Chandra, he's a little crazy. I say, here, catch! <laughs> and he look, look what he did, he immediately caught. Not two steps, one step. The basketball was dropped as a, as a byproduct of your grabbing or your attachment to this. So uh, similarly, when the soul becomes attached to the Supreme, the, the material vrittis fall away because the, 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 that attachment, the, when you go for that attachment, it's a, it's a one step instead of two step. Another two-step process is where you work on your attachments and you get yourself a kind of in a pure state and then you work your way to get attached to the Supreme. That's, there are different yogic paths and some of them go that route. Okay. Or um, the path of bhakti is like you, you work on your attachment um, and then those vrittis fall away. For example, if you were to try to work on all the attachments that you have within your mind, and do exactly as the Yoga Sutra is saying and the Bhagavad Gita is saying in regards to Ashtanga Yoga, you have to be brahmacharya. You have to be 100% celibate, which is what, not what Bhakti Yoga is recommending, but you have to be 100% celibate. You have to live in the forest, free from uh, others' association, and practice meditation, and which, as you can imagine, the mind is just going to drive you mad because it, it's so hard to deal with all the things that are going in the mind. So, whereas path of bhakti yoga means as you become more attached, the superior quality of that experience causes those other attachments to fade. Like, um, if if you are starving, if you're very, very hungry, you may find food in the dumpster and you become very attached to that food. And somebody may come and say, hey, that's bad. You're a bad person for trying to eat that food. You know, don't you feel like a fool? That's not going to change. You're still going to be attached to that food. No matter what, you know, you're going to be very attached to that food. Same circumstance, but somebody comes up and says, "We've got these, these wonderful, um, this like a whole tray of lasagna from Kalachanjis, and it's got kalamata olives. It's got like, a, like this superb sauce that has been passed down for generations, and it's got organic fresh basil and like you know, sun-dried tomatoes, whatever you like in it. You got parmesan, you got." If you eat that, like, you know, three, four, five, six slices of lasagna, is your attachment to that dumpster still there? No. It's, it's a byproduct of that attachment. It's a byproduct of the experience of the higher taste that the lower taste fade. That's in the Bhagavad Gita, second chapter, Krishna says this. He says, Vishaya, the, the objects of our senses, Vinivartante nirahashasadehina. The uh, one may give up the attachment to the objects of the senses, but the desire is still there. Like if your doctor says, you know, if you have a cold, don't eat ice cream. 
You know, it's not smart to eat ice cream if you have a cold. It's gonna just make your whole system go bad. You know, but it's not like you don't like ice cream anymore. Desire is still there. So the first half says that one may restrict themselves from sense enjoyment, but the desire is still there. So you want to get rid of the desire. The desire shouldn't be there. You want to transform the desire. Transform it. Okay. So, uh, the bring it to a higher level. Higher level. Come back to the original desire, the swarup the original desire of the self. Mm-hmm. So the, the lasagna is like the, the original desire. It, it automatically uh, purifies the desire for the dumpster food. Yeah. And, it's, and it's wholly superior. Um, so meditation can be done in a positive sense where you just, you, you're, you're actively connecting to something that gives you an experience that makes that lower thing fade. And also can be done in a negative sense, where you're just trying to, to stop the mind from fluctuating. And the comparison is a child who is very active, and he's maybe disturbing, and you tell him, sit in the corner. That is very difficult. But then if you give the child something positive to do, then it's very easy. So. Different, there are different paths of, of, of yoga, and some uh, can be more challenging. Very interesting. I'm curious, um, in general, when, um, is, is, is really, uh, can, can you really have a lot of possessions and not be attached to them, or do you think? Absolutely, yeah. You can, okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, there, so, so, for example, the, 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 the it, what, would, what would you say is the, our illusion, our ignorance, is that we think we're this body, and we're working hard to fulfill ourself, but we don't know what the self is, so we're fulfilling other things, like the body, or our, our, our mental body, which is still not the self, because if you look at the Yoga Sutras, it's not, you're not, you're different from your mind, and you're different from your body. So if your mind says, give me power, and profit, and fame, you know that, oh, that's not going to make me happy, because that's not me. No. Or if my body says, give me indulgence, or like it says here, like, give me, uh, let me sleep around. You know, let me not be brahmacharya. Let me just get some, some, you know, some sexual experience. Uh, That's not going to make the person happy. And in fact, their own mental um, kind of clarity is going to be reduced. Their, Their virta. There, it says here you get power. That doesn't. It can mean physical power, but also clarity of vision, because um, both both paths, praviti mark and nivriti mark, they deal with the 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 problem of sexual desire in different ways. Like the nivriti mark is just like you just say celibate, and the praviti mark, the way they deal with it, say okay, you get married, and you know therefore you're not just like an animal. You just like this person, that person, you know, no discrimination. It's it's confined to some kind of religious sense. Okay, that's it. Um, and then, you know, eventually you may exhaust your desire because what's the result of sex life is that it ref- it uh, induces the idea that yeah, I am this body, and I'll be happy if I just please the body. This is me, the body, and if I please the body more and more, I'll be happy. And so the Vedic traditions 
see that as uh, as an issue, as a problem, and somehow it has to be uh, balanced or controlled. So one way is marriage, and for the renunciates it's just celibacy. Um, and 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 for bhakti yogas yogis, it could be both celibacy or it could be marriage. Like for example, how can you um, you can have a family, and your sex life is to produce children, that is to you know share spiritual knowledge with the children. Then it's not just for your own indulgence; it's actually a spiritual act. Like in the Gita, Krishna says, "I am that sex life that is for that's not against religious principles. That is not." the uh, adulterous kind of relationship. And so, yeah, there is... Can I ask you something? Yes, yes. What, this first one, this non-violence towards others? Yeah, that, that, that does not only include humans, it includes animals. And what about to yourself? And to yourself, yes, yeah. It yeah. does? Absolutely, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You uh, in, the, in the Bhagavad Gita, it describes because you'll hear later on that people sometimes will approach yoga not for samadhi or perfection, but for siddhi, for powers. And there's all these stories in the ancient Vedas where very evil personalities did yoga to get powerful. Get like, you know, Superman powers, you know, fly or do different things. They'll do these severe uh, mental, physical exercises to the point where they would gain powers, powers austerities. of the, uh, yeah, they get they do austerities and they gain power for influence. They can influence people. So they become they, like magicians. Magicians, um, or do things that are you know against the laws of nature. Or even they would uh, do austerities to petition a uh, like an angel or controlling deity of the universe to grant them powers. Um, so. In the Gita, Krishna says that sometimes, he says those austerities are actually not for a spiritual purpose. He says, I'm in your heart too. And if you do all these hard, painful things just to gain powers, it hurts me too. Because I'm there, I'm there with you. And that, that is like, a, you're paining me. Like if you're going to do austerity, like for example, you're going to do some uh, fast or some meditation, it's for the purpose of your spiritual progress and growth, not to you know, control people's minds and like, you know, become famous and powerful and etc. Yeah, don't yeah, don't hurt yourself, don't hurt others. Ahimsa. Any any other reflections? What's your paper there? Uh, uh, you, well, does everybody is, have that one? This is the paper we used for study. Steve actually uh, made it for us. <laughs> Let's see. Thank you. I know I've been really trying to uh, practice ahimsa, um, and uh, when others may harm me, and then I feel the resentment or the anger, wanting to come back, um, and then just watching everything that's happening, you know what I mean? And, yeah. You know, like ooh, this is hurting when something hurts the environment, or you know, I mean that that hurts. I feel, you know, I feel that hurt, and I don't like, you know, I don't want that to be hurt. So I know I just keep uh, trying to turn it around to go, all right, I can only go to see 
the best light in that person and just, you know, return to what do I see as their good characteristics? You know, what do I see as their good characteristics? Yeah. And know uh, that may, that whatever the other is, and if state they're, of ignorance. And if they're harming you, your ahimsa may mean to, may to be defend yourself. Like if they're actually harming you. Uh-huh. But say they say, Maybe like in the big, you know. But if they say, the hey, you're arm. ugly, uh-huh. or you're stinky, or you're, I don't like your nose, or I don't like your toes, or they're actually talking about the car that you're in. Uh-huh. So when when there's spiritual knowledge, there's a sense of detachment at like attacks towards the 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 so-called self because it, actually the soul is all glorious. So whatever your whatever insults that come actually are not directed towards me, but just directed to yeah. the machine that I'm in. So you're not really insulting me. So you and, you would kind of view the environment that way. So in general, yeah, I feel like I want to protect the, the it, national forests and our water and our air, you know yeah. what I mean, like that. And and so I guess with how you're saying is I'm attached to that as my body. So and like to it, let that part it, of my body go too. So in general, if like someone insults us, we should not take any. Um, uh, the best is if we don't take any t- to hold on to it, you know, yeah. graha, grab onto it, because we. That's when it we when we yeah. identify with it. Oh, yes, that's me, and you just insulted this me that I think I am, and uh, now I'm upset. Now I'm going to throw it back at you, mm-hmm. and and it's described that vira, you get powers or po- po- potency by not mm-hmm. uh, becoming uh, retaliatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if somebody else is being harmed, then you should take also uh, uh, have ahimsa towards them and try to protect them. And therefore, uh, you find the Bhagavad Gita after being spoke spoken, Arjuna fought yeah. on the principle of ahimsa. So I guess I can still he, be my political activist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, so Arjuna. Like that, but, Arjuna um, fought so still, to protect oh, others. Yeah, so I'm just right. saying I would focus on the goodness of the So other. ahimsa is really related uh, on the deepest level violence to the self, to the soul. Mm-hmm. For example, um, thank you, sorry. If, if a person uh, eats an animal, it's described that that animal would have naturally taken birth, it was killed outside of its natural circumstance. It should have been you know, killed by an, its nat- a, a real predator or by, by old age or disease or something like that. But when it's killed by a human, that animal has to again take birth in its same species rather than taking birth in a higher species, which is kind of like a next step in his spiritual evolution. He can take birth higher and higher until he gets to the point of a human life. And a human life, you get the opportunity to say, have these discussions and questions and actually look into spiritual life. And so it's not just the pain or the physical harm. You're, you're uh, not you, but a person, the animal that is killed, the person who is killing or paying for the killing to happen is interfering with that animal's spiritual uh, growth. It's interfering with their spiritual life. So it is, like in a sense, violence. Now, Arjuna, he, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Bhagavad Gita, 
but you had uh, a party who was very evil and they were trying to take over the world and many people would become victimized by their, their taking over the world. And because he was a saintly person, he was very soft-hearted and saintly persons are also, they don't just, they're not just like, my way is the highway. They're very questioning, like, am I doing the right thing? They'll ask, like, they'll, they'll check and check and check and again and again to make sure they're doing the right thing. Whereas a person who's driven by their own desire, it's like, this is what I want, I don't care. You know, who's a victim of my decisions? You know? And so Arjuna, he, his protecting the people and also protecting the, the people who were performing the crimes by punishing them. Like a, like a, a police officer if a person is stealing, that police officer who arrests the person who's stealing is protecting that person from deeper uh, exponential karmic punishment in their next life because they're getting punished in this life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it, it may manifest in different ways. But in, in general, we don't want to hurt others for our own benefit. Uh, either with our words, with our, our physical acts, our uh, even just even uh, nonverbal things that we just want to avoid any type of violence, and that most of these things can't really be obtained unless we're experiencing some of the spiritual element, because then it's the the soul is just wants to enjoy. We just want to enjoy by nature. So if we're not enjoying on the spiritual level, we'll tr- try to enjoy on the material level. And as you, if you join the material level, you always need to, you know, if, if you, for you to be wealthy, somebody has to be poor. So for, you know, it, it, somebody has to be on the, the other side to, to, for your material gain. For spiritual gain, you don't, you're, you don't need to take from anybody. You, it's, you, can, you don't need anything. Because it's there. It's already there. It's with you. They want to take it. It's like the, the deer that has the fragrance. Uh, there's called deer musk, and he, there's a deer that has a fragrance from his belly button, and he runs around the forest. Where is that? It's with him right there, but he's just running around looking for it. So the happiness that the self is looking for um, is already there within the individual. So in the beginning, we practice some of these things as a regulation, but through the process of spiritual life, we will find that these become natural. That it, 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 it's not a... Like for example, a child in the beginning, he ha, uh, it, it's within the child's nature to walk. But he still has to practice in the beginning. You say, well, how's it natural? He's practicing. No, it's natural. It's already there within him. He's just got to do it a bit. So, Can if we're... question thing? Yes. Since, you know, we are a younger yoga student, and, you know, at this time, there are so many uh, different denominations, shall we say, of yoga, and most of them are focused on asana practice. Oh, yeah. On asana practice. And asana is one name of yoga. What do you think? Uh, where this um, practice of asana leads people. 
in, in general? In general. Without the spiritual union? Without, well, then, without yeah, without I am this taking, body. Without taking it and look how great my body is. <laughs> it's, just get it, to it, it goes the opposite get direction. It's a beautiful yeah. body and they yeah. want to have, you know, stand on their head or do Natarachasana so they look cool and, yeah. you know, it, yeah, it can, do what it others can, cannot do. It can re- reinforce the, what is called uh, in, in Sanskrit, ahamkar. Ego. And, 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 and the, uh, the translation of ahamkar is that it's, uh, usually people see ego, but it's what is called the false ego. Because we are actually real beings. We have our own true identity. And so not that we have to dis- disappear our identity, that we are nothing, and that we are just the, the oneness. You know, uh, there is a Purusha uh, Surupe. There's original, our own real form. So, do you think it's possible to find it through practice of physical asana? Um, according, according to um, most of the Vedic literature, Ashtanga Yoga is specifically for different yugas, for a different time period, uh-huh. where people had uh, lived even longer than they live now, and they could actually. They had greater meta- mental facilities. I, that doesn't sound like we hear in our modern history. Um, but according to Vedic history, prior to 5,000 years, humans lived longer. And they had sharper memories. And books are a product of uh, the fact that human memory has reduced so much that people need it on paper. Deteriorated. That they had. And I, it may seem kind of. Odd to hear, but there, there's actually there's a there's lots of archaeological evidence that this does not uh, like they found uh, gold jewelry in stuck inside of coal and uh, uh, metal spears like it, that that look uh, like made by man or machine or something like that that are millions of years old or hundreds of thousands of years old. But the Vedic history is that. Prior to the age of Kali, which started 5,000 years ago, there, there was a different yuga. And then prior to that, there was a different yuga. And prior to that, there was a different yuga called the Sati Yuga. And the earliest yuga, this Eightfold Path was considered the, the main means. You, and then the next yuga, you, there was another, uh, the, the, the main path was fire sacrifice, as you see all around the world. In different religions, they had some kind of fire ceremony. Christianity, or anywhere you look there, some kind of fire ceremony. Um, and in the India, they would have throwing rice in the fire, and they would have some intricate. And then in uh, that was in Dwarpa Yuga, uh, Treta Yuga, and then Dwarpa Yuga was the worship of deities. And then Kali Yuga said that the uh, mainly through mantra meditation. But Kali Yuga is our time, right? Our time, yeah. Time so I would say I would say the psychological elements and the health elements of Ashtanga Yoga uh, can help everybody. But to go to Samadhi from where we're at, and who's and like Bhakti Yoga means you can have a family and and still practice spiritual life. Ashtanga yoga means no, you can't have a family in practice. Like to truly practice the, like in the sixth chapter, eighth chapter Bhagavad Gita, it describes you got to leave everything. Mm. So how many people 
are really in practicing yoga you can you can, you're, you're not you as a household you have, yeah, you have family because you can you can engage everything in spiritual life all, all that you have like say you have a guitar you say the guitar is material let me throw it away well if everything's owned by God then that's also godly so use the use the guitar in the service of the supreme in the service of God sing songs that bring people spiritual awareness. Yeah. I have a question about that. So I was thinking, like, if you do, like, real-world stuff in terms of just, you know, living the world, not, you know, being a monk or something like that. Like Arjuna. Huh? Like Arjuna in the yeah, Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you, like, let's say somebody wants to be a singer, to use your example about a guitar, and let's say if your motivation is to sing because you love to sing and you want to make people happy, and you realize that one day you're probably not going to be as good as you once were, then there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to be a singer because you want to be famous or you want people's approval or you want to be rich, then that's ego and that's not a good way to approach it. So I, am I understanding this correctly? I, I would say the first one you would say would be more on the good karma level, but good karma level, it, uh, it talks a lot about in Yoga Sutras about um, doing things of good karma and it's like there's there's bad karma, good karma, and then there's spiritual acti- action. So, say you do bad things, then you are billing yourself a debt for your next life to receive you know, some ill fortune to come your way. Say you do good karma, means you do good material things, but it's devoid of a, the real spiritual element, then you're billing yourself uh, a, a credit to experience material life in the future with, with great material facilities. So, say you're in a prison and they say, if you're a really good prisoner, we will let you stay, you know, your, your, your good behavior is just going to get you more time in prison in a nice prison cell. The, uh, so, uh, yoga, the Yoga Sutra doesn't really it, it endorse just the kind of positive material approach, because if it doesn't have the spiritual element, then it's it's you're still bound in this world. And um, Yoga Sutra is on a on a different level where they're not interested in the temporary worldly things. Like you basically can find religionists on three levels. First level is a person comes to religion or rituals or magic or this or that because they get something out of it materially. Like, you know, you know, give your hundred dollars to Jesus Christ and he's gonna free you from debt. You know, some televangelist is trying to scam people or whatever, or or someone goes to a temple in India and they say, well, you worship this minor deity and you're gonna be wealthy, you're gonna get a wife, you're gonna get or your next life, you're going to be your own. You're going to be a minor deity in the heavenly planets. So that's called karma kanda. Now, uh, Upanishad, Yoga Sutras. That's on the next level, transcendental uh, spiritual life, where the person's not. They're looking for a, uh, freedom from the material situation, even if it's high, highly placed material situation. Like you can take birth on a planet that's superior to Earth, where you live thousands and thousands of years, heavenly planets that are better than Earth, but are not a spiritual world. There's, they, they, that 
you, you get there by your good karma. When your when your credit runs out, you come back, take birth again. On Earth, and it's like you work hard at a at a job, and then you save up your money and you go on a cruise. When your money runs out, you come back to work. Yeah. So the the next level is called Gyanakanda. Gyanakanda means a person has the wisdom to see that temporary things will never truly satisfy. So that person may be seeking nirvana, or heaven, or moksha, or vaikuntha, you know, whatever, whatever the, the non-material spiritual freedom is. And uh, so Yoga Sutra is more on that line, that, that if, you, if you do some, if you play the music and you do it just to please people, it's, it's good, but it's not going to really get you out of the situation. It's not saying, oh, you're a bad person, but there's something more beyond the situation that you're missing out on. So is that is that sort of everybody? Is there a one right way for everybody to do it, like for their life, or is it like sort of like a gradual throughout it, many lives? It many many lives, yeah, many lives. Okay. And then there's a third level. Mm-hmm. Are you taking off? I'm never gonna go. put that away. I have to go. Oh, thanks for coming. That was so interesting. I've never been to one. Thank you for coming. I hope I hope uh, anything I said made some sense. <laughs> Makes sense. I've just been thinking about just how that relates to religions in general. And it's Do you have a question before you want to yeah, ask before you leave? Because so much of it is, you know, embodied in people's actual religions. So much, right? Oh, yeah. All of this. Yeah, yeah, and that's why Yama is called universal moral values. Yeah, because universal. Because any time you go back in time. Uh, they are the same in all They're the same. Religion. Yeah, absolutely. They're the same. Absolutely, absolutely. It's all the same. Absolutely, yeah. But all of that sort of, I, mean, I was just thinking about, I'm just thinking about in the sort of the nonviolence to yourself and how, you know, yeah. I, I, I was just, I thought that was all very interesting. So thank you very much. Thank you for coming. And it's really nice seeing you. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. We miss you. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Come back. Okay, thank you. Thank you. It's really nice, and at the end of class, Randy always loves yeah. you. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. So, um, you were saying, and then. So yes, yeah. So I, I was saying, like, it is, and so basically, what you were saying is, this is like the eventual everybody's goal to get to that spiritual level, right? Yeah. Right. I'm. Uh, material world is a facility for the soul to chase after the temporary as long as he likes and then get fed up with it because it never really hits the mark. And then you know, maybe billions of lifetimes are like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't know if this is really... You know, even if, you know, I... There, the, uh, the soul eventually develops a sense, like people say the, an old soul. We're all eternal, but an old soul is someone who ha- has developed some wisdom. Wait a minute, I, I don't know about this. I don't know about chasing after the temporary. It doesn't seem to really ever satisfy me. Because I'm eternal, I need to find something that's eternal too. So you know, it's a bad marriage. You put the eternal with the temporary. Uh, is it possible to kind of um, come to that high level of spirituality later in life, or is that something that usually starts earlier? Any, no, it, it, it's 
It may take millions of lifetimes, or it may take a millisecond. Uh, the person's own desire and sincerity, and um, oftentimes a person may have practiced spiritual life in their past life, and that wisdom of it may manifest in youth or even later on that life. That they 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 just have this hunger to to seek something other than everything else that most people are seeking after. You know the all the attachments that we're seeking after. And is that spiritual level necessarily like a monk or somebody like that? No, no, not necessarily. Okay. So uh, we talked, there is the karma khanda, where the attraction to kind of religious, religion, rituals, or is to get material things, or even a, a higher birth situated in a, in a better material situation in this universe. Then the jnana khanda is the person who seek, seeks freedom from all kinds of material problems, salvation. and But they both do have something in common. It's about what they're getting. And then the highest who can be considered, uh, as far as I understand, the path of love and devotion, where they're connecting to God, the Supreme, out of love. And it's, it's without uh, a kind of business transaction. Okay, you give me salvation, I love you. You give me material things, I love you. No, I don't care. You know, keep me in this material world, birth after birth, if if that's in your service. That's the kind of the mood of, like you'll find, like Jesus Christ would be kind of like a bhakti yogi. His, it's he's teaching all about love the supreme, love the supreme, and and all others who are part of the supreme. All others are like the children of the supreme. Love the supreme and all his children. And he didn't teach kind of like the fruit of okay you've. If you, if you love God, He's going to give you all these material things. You're going to become wealthy and powerful. Or He wasn't so much a salvationist. Like, okay, yeah, you go to heaven. But, but the idea is more focused on the path of love. And what does Bhakti Yoga stand for again? The path of uh, yoga of devotion. 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 And devotional service. Because love is a verb. It means it's with affection and active. I recently read someplace, so if you practice in bhakti yoga, God comes to you. Yes, He comes you looking open for you. your heart and God comes to you. He's looking, if you yeah. practice ashtanga yoga, then you have to work really hard through all your practices to get to God. Yes, it's, that's a, it's like a... But if you practice bhakti, mm-hmm, God mm-hmm. comes to you. That, that's a, you, atta- you become yeah. attached to the su- God, the Supreme, then that is the original desire of the soul. Like in, in Buddhism, you have the Four Noble Truths of Buddhism is material world's full of suffering. Yeah, we, we agree with that. Vedic Yoga Sutras all agree with that. Material world is, has suffering, full of suffering. Number two, the suffering, suffering is caused by desire. Like we said, graha. We want to, hold, we want to possess temporary things Temporary identity, temporary situation. We want it for our. We, we want it for ourselves, and that desire is is what causes us to be here. Why, that's why we're here. Number three is where Yoga Sutras, Bhagavad Gita, would differ. Number three says to stop suffering is to stop desire. And Bhagavad Gita says, no, you don't stop desire. You purify desire because there is a surupe, there is a 
Purusha Surupe, original, the original person behind. It's like you got a paint a light bulb and you have blue paint. And you scrub out all the paint and the, the full color comes through. When you have the blue, then only the, you know, the white light has all those colors in it. You know, the whole rainbow spectrum is all in that white light. But when you put the blue paint on it, it's only the blue spectrum that's coming out. Um, this is something that was attractive to me uh, coming from a uh, kind of Christian, you know, based, philo you, know, uh, you know, I didn't grow up like in a religious family, but we all grew up in America. You're, you're coming from a kind of Christian understanding of life. And in Christianity, you're taught that at your very base nature, you're horrible. <laughs> it's like, you're just bad. You're just a sinner. <laughs> And, but the, yeah, you're just a bad person. Don't even try to be good. <laughs> just be bad and just you know, charge it to Jesus. You know? You know, just like swipe the credit card, give him the bill. Uh, I don't think that's the original teachings of Christianity, actually. I, don't, I think he taught something a little different. But, uh, but the nice thing is that the original nature of the soul, if you're in the Yoga Sutra, is wonderful. It's the material covering, the illusion that, 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 like say even like black paint over the bulb, there's so much being, the true nature of the self is being filtered through. For example, we're so conditioned, like uh, there was a, not David Blaine, there's some magician, hypnotist guy, and he, he did this nice thing that just showed how easily we are conditioned. And we think it's our own, creative inspiration, but it's we're conditioned by our commercials, our friends, or this or that, all the time. So he invited some of uh, the top advertising uh, agents in London to his office for an experiment. And he, he asked them to make a, just an experiment, make a ad for a uh, taxidermy shop, line of taxidermy shops. You know, like stuffed dead animals. Just like, just an experiment. And he handed him an envelope. He said, don't open this envelope until you're done. They drew a bear in the clouds with a harp. And it said, animal heaven, where the good animals go. He said, write, draw, uh, give us a logo, give us a picture, and give us a, a, a line. You know, little stanza. And when they opened up the envelope, it was the same thing. It was basically the same thing. And then we looked at there were other drafts, or is even more. Like the, the the first and second draft was almost identical with what he had drawn in the envelope. And how he did it is, the taxi ride from their office to his office, he planted all these things. He had a harp in the window of the music shop. They had the taxi drive. You know, just they didn't pay. You know, they're not following the route. They just sit in the car. And they had some actors wearing a, a shirt from the zoo with a particular logo. They went by the animal uh, hospital, and there was some sign there. They put somebody came out of the um, the building with a harp, or uh, all kinds of things, in a way to plant all these ideas in their head. And at the end, they're feeling, "I'm an artist. This is my independent creation." And then after they open up the envelope, hey, wait a minute, it's the same thing. So all, the nice thing is that all our negative traits that we have are impositions on our, uh, on our 
true consciousness. That that can become. Your students have arrived. I mean, Elaine. Elaine. Uh, Elise came, and another young woman. Okay. There, there are impositions that can become purified. Uh, therefore, you find this is not like okay. You just you walk in the te- the church or the temple or whatever, and you joined, and that's good. But you're actively working on your consciousness, and you're actively looking at where am I, and I've got a, there's all these descriptions like you should be. So this is just the beginning. This is the very beginning. How how to not be envious of others? How to not be? Um, uh, how to see the soul in all beings and. And so, constant work and progress is going on there. Thank you so much, Chandra. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. So, a little over, ahimsa is nonviolence, and uh, Buddha was actually predicted in the Vedic literature. Buddha appeared 2,600 years ago, but in the Vedic literatures, he's described to actually be an avatar of Vishnu like uh, potentially described as an avatar of Vishnu. So he's described to be a direct incarnation, uh, a direct avatar of the Supreme. And although he rejected all this stuff, his purpose was ahimsa. People were killing animals and saying, it's a sacrifice. And he said, no, he shut the whole thing down and said, you guys don't know any of this Vedic stuff. Let's start from the basic, you know, let's be good, good let's follow some good virtues. Mm-hmm. And... Um, then another teacher came after Shankar, uh, came after the Buddha named Shankara, and he stat. Oh, you got a class coming. Oh, okay. After the sh- after the Buddha, uh, kind of brought back in the Vedic literature, in a very Buddhistic way. Then Madhvacharya came, and then it all came back again. Um, so ahimsa, and satya, honesty. Asteya non non stealing brahmacharya. Sometimes people try to like romanticize this and say it has no, it's not really celibacy, but it is celibacy. Or as we mentioned, it, it can be uh, chastity as well within marriage. A person, if it's um, uh, not necessarily the, the yogis in the forest because they're generally alone in the forest, but like uh, someone who's practicing bhakti yogi, they can use. Their, their, their marriage can be, their, their, their sex life can be engaged in spiritual life, just like the guitar. It can be a product of spiritual life. Or not product, but uh, an aprigraha, non-covetousness. And so give up the idea that I am this body and everything is mine. And I actually am a spirit soul. Nothing is mine, but I can use everything for the Supreme. Thank you so much for your kind attention.